welcome to the Lifelinks podcast, a platform to amplify Latina voices, to validate their story, and engage the comunidad worldwide. I'm your host, Consuelo Crosby, and also creator of this content. If you would like to chat about what you've heard here today, then reach out to me through our website at thelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X or through our Instagram profile at lifelinks. I'd love to listen and engage in whatever you have to say. Hola, chicas. Welcome to episode 58 of the Lifelinks podcast. I'm your host, Consuelo Crosby, adding some spice to your midweek to lift your spirits and some powerful topics to consider. Because there's more to this life than what's filling your inbox right now. I am so grateful to have you join us this week to listen to Jordana Roman, founder of Libra Lifestyle, as she shares her journey from competitive achiever to a wellness leader aiming to heal humanity through empathy. She will speak to all the areas of our daily lives that can be approached differently with empathy, to influence a kinder experience for all. Jordana describes Libra as a lifestyle brand for men, women, and the 99%. 99%. Well, I think a lot of us fit into that category around the world, so this will reach out to many. Before we introduce Jordana to you, I'd like to take this moment to highlight the devastation that occurred this week in Puerto Rico. This time it's Hurricane Fiona, and since little was done from the last devastating hurricane to heal, repair, and prepare the country, it has led to more tragedy. As this is an episode based in empathy, I really ask you kindly to donate what you can to the grassroots organizations in Puerto Rico to care for the people and save them from further harm. The names of the organizations and their contact info are available in the show notes of this episode, which are located on whichever streaming platform you are listening to right now. They will also be on our website at thelinks.com, that's L-N-X, where you can find it on our homepage, the podcast page, and the transcripts tab under the podcast page. Thank you for the generosity and empathy in supporting the people in Puerto Rico. We, as the U.S., have an obligation to provide for their needs. With that, let's bring on Jordana Roman, founder of Libra Lifestyle. Welcome, Jordana. Thank you so much for having me, Consuelo. I'm so excited to share my founder story and just be able to talk about my brand and my view of wellness. I, as an entrepreneur, as a founder, I feel I'm responsible to positively impact human well-being. I'm all about connection, vulnerability, and just constantly bringing back how is it that we as a society and how I as a founder can create a brand that helps people connect and feel more human and restore just a sense of humanity in society. That's beautiful. 
And we have a very vibrant audience who is going to be enthralled with your story because it's very broad and it's so passionately focused. So tell us a little bit about your life story. I'm the daughter of a Puerto Rican mother and a Salvadorian father. And I grew up in the Bay Area. I was born there and I'm a UC Berkeley graduate. Oh, wow. Congratulations. So how was it growing up in the Bay Area? Growing up in San Francisco, which is where I was born, was an incredibly culturally enriching experience. I was always surrounded by different cultures. It really allowed me the opportunity to embrace my culture from the onset. I never felt ashamed um, to be Latina because around me were just so many different other Latinos, be it from Mexico or from Peru or Puerto Rico. It was an incredible childhood filled with a lot of love and appreciation for my culture. Oh, that's very fortunate. That has not always been the story for the women we've had as guests on our show. So that's really a blessing. I would say the fact that my culture always took precedence over my American side. So I started kindergarten speaking primarily Spanish. English was my second language, despite the fact that I was born in San Francisco. The fact that um, from the onset, everywhere where I was surrounded, it was just an immersion into my culture that was welcome, that was accepted, that was nothing to be ashamed about. What part of that very vibrant cultural upbringing resonates the most with you still? Um, I definitely identify more with my Salvadorian side because my mom never um, brought over the traditions from Puerto Rico of like Tres Reyes or Christmas and Thanksgiving Puerto Rican style because they always used to visit the Salvadorian side. So in terms of tradition, uh. it would be family traditions around Thanksgiving, like panes con pavo, and in Christmas, like tamales. So it was definitely skewed towards a more like Salvadorian, like family tradition than it was the Puerto Rican side. That's really interesting, especially being that it's your father's side. Usually it goes mother to daughter, mother to daughter. So that's really fascinating. That's fun. Have you gone back to learn more about the Puerto Rican culture? I have. I have. I visited Puerto Rico two, three times. The last time I was there um, was in 2019. And so I always had the opportunity to experience the culture through food, through the warmth of the people directly from there, um, through the sights, through the sounds. And in terms of my Salvadorian side, I unfortunately never had the opportunity to go back to El Salvador oh. because my father came in the 80s at the age of 18 amidst the civil unrest. Oh, um, and so there was always this concern of security of my going there or of, of us as a family returning to El Salvador and taking a time to explore my culture in El Salvador, in the country itself. Yeah, El Salvador is definitely a story. El Salvador, Nicaragua, 
Yes, Central America. Central America. And I'm really feeling that the children of parents who came to the U.S. from that time period Mm -hmm. are coming of an age where they can really share that story because it has been unspoken. Yeah, my father, he crossed the desert there. It was the typical immigrant story filled with hardship and tragedy and trauma so deep that he just doesn't talk about it to this day. It was um, a journey that he thought that he wouldn't make that would destroy him. And so it's definitely difficult to communicate that time period of him. And as a child of of an immigrant father, I empathize with the thousands of immigrants that risk their lives, their families, their children crossing over to build a better life in the United States. Yes, yes. I really value the empathy and I really hope this story gets out on a broader vocal sense to have more empathy and be grateful. I think empathy is something that's missing from our culture. I feel the term or the issue of immigration is viewed through the lens solely of the legality or policy. And we forget the the humanity, the component of humanity that goes into immigration where parents find lives so deplorable in their countries that they think that the alternative is risking like their young children's lives to cross a desert by themselves with strangers exposing them to such risks. I think that we as a nation, and especially a God-fearing Christian nation, should never lose sight of the oppression, the trouble, the difficulty of the immigrant. We should always tend to their humanity, tend to their need for food, for thirst, for compassion. I feel that is something apart from policy. That's just something human to human. And I'm here having this, this conversation precisely because my father braved the journey from El Salvador to the United States with Coyotes so I can have a world of opportunities that isn't available to many people outside of the United States. I'm so incredibly proud to be an American. And I I wouldn't hold any other passport as proudly as I would in my American passport. Wow, that's really powerful and so necessary in the sense of emphasizing empathy because we don't even acknowledge what that is. But if you were to put yourself in that person's literal shoes, Yes. Would would you do it? Would you have the courage to do that? You're leaving everything you know, you're leaving family, you're leaving your home, your friends, your job. You're traveling alone in a very scary circumstance and coming to a place that you know nothing about, you don't speak yes. the language, and you're so courageous and brave and dedicated to make that journey successfully and to be here successfully. 
but also like an overwhelming majority, um, being a positive contributing member mm-hmm. of our society. With so much gratitude for your, both your parents, that's where we're going to lead into giving you this opportunity because we need what you have. We need your company. So let's talk about Libra because this is the culmination of your parents' journey. Libra was designed to create a space for the modern Latino at the intersection of wellness, sustainability, and intentional living, but we welcome all. Like you said, I'm the founder and CEO of Libra, which is a lifestyle brand for the modern Latino and global citizen. And so we create content and products that elevate the human experience across seven verticals with an aim to positively impact human and planetary well-being that enable people to get well and shop well. Oh, let's talk about the seven verticals. So Libra has seven verticals as its foundation. So we're talking health and wellness, beauty, style, cultura, food, men, and life. I really want to hone in on the wellness narrative that's occurring at this present point in time where I don't think that the wellness narrative does um, a good job at ministering to people's like spirituality. With Libra, I want to make it a point to cultivate and seek the numinous. And what that means is that um, you try to seek out that divine that thing that causes awe and wonder that makes you feel small and makes you feel connected and makes you feel like you're part of something greater. One of the seven verticals is men. Currently, I don't think wellness does a good job at speaking to men's well-being the way it does to women's. And so men have been reduced, you know, to skincare or sexual health or like hair supplements. And so, yeah, career. And so we negate the complexity of modern man. And so I think it's important to create safe spaces and conversation around discussing a healthy view of, of masculinity. Yes. And that is something that in the current culture, in this current society, we don't speak to that. No, we don't. And this is even a personal experience of mine that came from within our family and the system said, well, he was just having a bad day. Yeah. I was like, well, you know, when men have bad days and don't have a place to take it, yeah, women and children and elderly get hurt. Yes, that's exactly, that's exactly it. Right now, men, especially within the machista culture that, that, that Latino culture is, unfortunately, even so, men don't have a healthy outlet. They don't have that brotherhood where they get together, um, they feel safe among each other, they don't feel judged, they feel vulnerable. I think vulnerability is a beautiful thing. If you have that faith in yourself through your soul, then the vulnerability is actually empowering. Feeling solace in your vulnerability, it can be very empowering and allow this to come up and if you don't have a group or a community, yes, just take it out into nature. 
Exactly. Mm. Like, I feel that vulnerability is what makes us fundamentally human and what makes the human experience in its fullness and its totality and just help us navigate through lives meaningfully. Because when one is vulnerable, we connect and we connect deeply. And so I think that's another issue that we have in our culture that we've lost the ability to connect with each other, with ourselves, with the environment. A modern life has just made us to be these like busy machines that look for the next high or just box tickers. Do you think that culturally is it happening here in the U.S.? Because you speak to this depth of culture that you were raised in, and the culture is very family-oriented. It's very people-forward, people-first. Do you think we're losing that as we get into the workplace then, as we're expected to perform, and that performance consumes our time and our day, and we lose that connectivity to people? Absolutely. I think that the current way of living, at least in the United States, doesn't lend to creating a time where one disconnects and connects with family. Like, so I don't think that society is set up to really allow ourselves to disconnect ourselves from work and really just enjoy each other. It is difficult. It takes a lot of time and energy and again, empathy to nurture friendship, to nurture relationship. Perhaps if it's coming through Libra, how would you encourage people to detach the way that you are taught? Oh man, this goes into why my first product drop is a puzzle. So I'm very particular about the products I bring to market, how they're created, how they're designed, the purpose behind them, um, their environmental and social good impact. We just launched with Branched Alejandra's puzzle. It was made in collaboration with the amazing and beautiful and talented um, Eugenia Hernandez. She's an Argentinian illustrator that captured what really matters in life, which is good food and great friends. It's FSC certified. So the paper that was used in production was derived from responsibly managed forests. For every puzzle sold, we plant a tree. It was created for the highest social good and environmental good. And I'm just so excited to embark on this journey. And so I decided to create a puzzle because a puzzle precisely forces you either to disconnect with yourself or to be done with in unison with um, a grandfather, a grandmother, of any type of family member or friend. So I think that it's a matter of selecting activities that are analog where you can do them by yourself and with someone else face-to-face. A puzzle creates that moment of respite, that moment of disconnect, um, be it by yourself or with others. And the artwork that comes with it, it also doubles up as a postcard. I wanted to give that to my consumer, the joy of just sitting down, taking like 10 minutes to write down Um, how someone made you feel. I call them gratitude postcards. And so with this gratitude postcard, once you're done with the puzzle, I want you to step back and remember 
why you're grateful for someone, why somebody is special to you, or write just a simple hello and just make their day. I love receiving postcards in the mail. Um, it's just, it's such an incredibly thoughtful lost art in 2022. This is a beautiful founder story with such dedicated purpose for humanity, not just the niche market brand. This speaks so yes. large and so complexly towards understanding. And in that sense, understanding each other and therefore yes. building the community, breaking down the barriers, realizing we are all together human. How we live that humanity out does not separate us. No. It just adds to that complexity. The Latino culture is so loving and compassionate and embracing yes. Yes. Of, each, of each other and of people. That's the thing with Latinos that it's like we always embrace allies. And that's why I've made it a point to build Libra, not only for Latinos, but the non-Latino. And when I say Libra is for the modern Latino and global citizen, that's exactly what I mean. Because Latinos are such a warm and welcoming culture that I want to create a space for that Hispanophile that's non-Latino, but that just like loves our culture, but also somebody that, that's non-Latino, that's just like curious about our culture. And even to that Latino that is in that process of embarking on that journey of like retro um, acculturation and wanting to learn more about their roots. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely am very purposeful in how I've built my brand. And I'm just, I'm so excited to grow it and just meet my target audience, my consumer, and just begin fostering that two-way street relationship with them. Just, I'm so incredibly excited to have conversations with them and hear about their anxieties or their fears or what they need the most, because ultimately Libra is at their disposal. So many wellness brands, if not all, have been built by either celebrities or privileged individuals. The fact that I'm middle class, daughter of an immigrant, I'm bilingual, I have student loans. Like, I feel like that's a competitive edge because I understand. Like, I understand the anxieties of the masses because I'm one of them. I'm not a celebrity. I have not come from a place of privilege. And so that engenders feelings of like relatability between my consumer and I. I feel it engenders trust, relatability, which is fundamental in building a brand. Yeah, definitely. Knowing because you come from it, although you've done such an immense, extensive research to back it up, but yes. really speaking from the source and speaking in that open-mindedness, which again is evidence of, to me, self-confidence, self-love, and being vulnerable to others. My founder journey has been one story of vulnerability and bravery and transcending mental health struggles to get this done. One of the disadvantages I have as, as an individual is that I'm such a perfectionist. I'm so demanding of myself. 
I speak to me so horribly that it's like that personality trait in me just makes my founder journey more difficult than what it has to be. Like, I remember going through bouts of anxiety and depression, and I was still depressed and anxious, even going through consumer interviews. It just took so much emotional capital to find self-confidence, to um, articulate what Libra was about, to have conversations with other humans where you seem cool, calm, and collected on the outside, but you really think like, wow, I hope I'm explaining this correctly. Like, Oh my goodness. Uh, Yeah, bringing tears again. So powerful. (laughs) At such a young age, a powerful processing into your self-awareness. Where did this come from? My mom always tells me that it's, that she says, son todas las oraciones que tu papá y yo hacemos. <laughs> she always says that it's all the <laughs> prayers. We are your father and I pray for you every day throughout the day, in the morning, while we sleep and at night. It goes back to having that, that spiritual base. I accept that some people just God isn't for them, but the way I was reading into how our, our brains work and spirituality, the part in your brain that's responsible for spirituality activates even if it's not activated by religion. It can be activated by going out in nature. And so carving out those sacred moments, finding sacred spaces where you get to collect yourself and take a breather and quiet your mind, be it through prayer and conversation with you and God, or just out in nature, you know, feeling that, that golden hour sun in your face. That's what's helped me push through, push through it all. Ooh, thank you for sharing that with us. Gosh, I'm so sorry you had to experience this difficulty. And yet you have this power that you talk with. It comes from somewhere really deep. And we need that, but we have disconnected from it. We have replaced spirituality with consumerism, with work, with money. Mm -hmm. And and that is so shallow and it's not sustainable. And so that depth of spirituality, like you said earlier, that freedom that you can experience from your troubles, from your burdens, from your self-criticism by going to your place of spirituality and realizing you are such a little speck in the big picture of things. And that greater sense, whether it's Mother Nature and our universe or something ethereal, is forever kind and giving and does not judge and is always there for you. And in that presence, you can relax and hand over whatever is becoming too large for you. Right, living life bravely, just trusting that you're where you're supposed to be, trusting that things will happen as they should, from loss of control, and just living in the moment and just accepting things for what they are. There's so many times where I wish that 
I could build a time machine or buy back time because hindsight is twenty twenty. And it's like, now that I know better, I want to do better. And I want to like buy some more time. My mom always reminds me that I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm right on time. That things had to happen the way they happened so I could be where I am. I can be who I am. Exactly. Oh, okay. We're going to have to get your mom on here too. (laughs) (laughs) Really, we need to speak across the generations. This is true. This is very true. And that's something so integral within Latinos because it's like when you see your mom, you see your tia and you see your abuela. It's like, it's just, you just don't see your mom. You see like the family, like the matriarchs. Yes. And therefore the respect, the respect of elders, which again, Mm -hmm. this society tries to sever that. Elders have a lot of wisdom to offer. What would be a, a tradition that you would like to both carry forward from your family and perhaps a new tradition that you would start? I think the old tradition from my family is to set apart that day to make it a family day. You know, that Shabbat where one day out of the week, we are going to go out as a unit, check in with ourselves. And in terms of new traditions, I would like to have a tradition, be it with like my partner or any children that I may have, where well-being, mental well-being is something that will always be top of mind among our family, be it knowing how to foster communication and empathy in a way that I make my partner feel safe with me, listening, him expressing how he feels or among my children and I creating, you know, an environment where they trust me and feel safe and vulnerable to confide in me. I definitely want to foster a culture of well-being among Mm -hmm. like my family and a love of nature as well. And teaching my children at an early age, the importance of disconnecting. I was never taught that as a little kid. I was always just so competitive and hardworking. And I always used to just push myself that when I went to UC Berkeley, I experienced two devastating burnouts that impacted my academic and um, physical well-being. And so that, that would be one of the new traditions I'd like to cultivate where the importance of well-being from the onset. Mm-hmm. Knowing when to work hard and knowing when to let go and step back and be, this is the best that I've done. I'm going to recalibrate, recharge, and revisit later on. Mm, I like that. I like that. I wonder, because in my own experience, one, I was the only girl at home, and two, I was, I would say, forced to choose, do I want to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer? And I didn't want to be any of those. Oh, wow. And so that was my mother's insistence. And again, she thought that would be safe that I would always have a profession here in the U.S. And yet that sense where I'm the only woman at home, I'm the only woman in university, the first true freshman woman graduating in four years, that's a lot of pressure because 
my professors would say, literally as I walked into the classroom, what are you doing here? This is not home ec. So you are placed in the pressure cooker to perform, to not allow yourself to have a break because you cannot let them be right. I feel that's unique to immigrant parents, though. Immigrant parents, they just like, we want you to be a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer. You have to get that. You have to push, push, push. But they never teach coping strategies because my mom was like that as well. They didn't know better, so they couldn't do better. And so we have to maintain that open-mindedness and to stay relevant. You need to stay relevant. You need to understand not only what's happening, embracing the change of technology, using it, but you need to understand what that's doing for the younger generations. I know millennials are the last generation that knew like the hybrid world of analog and digital. I remember a time without social media, without computers, or when computers just weren't so as advanced as they are now. And it's like, oh my God, as an adult now, I relish like Microsoft Paint 95. I relish super, like Super Nintendo and Tamagotchi. Do you still have your Super Nintendo? I most certainly do. And I still know all the secrets to like Mario Land. (laughs) Okay. You and my daughter have to get together. (laughs) Oh my God. I still have my Super Nintendo and I will never give it up. Bring all the controllers. And my Game Boy. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. And I'm not ashamed to admit that. Right? Right? No. Same. Same. She has her Super Nintendo. The N95, all the games, (laughs) the purple controller that was see-through. Oh my God, the purple Game Boy that was see-through. All of Mm. that, like, or just what it is to roll down a window manually. Oh my God. Kids now will never know what that is. Right? How to dial a telephone. (laughs) Exactly. There's something that that did. Oh my God, pagers. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We thought that was such a thing. I'm taking back. I'm taking okay. you back. And to me, that was like, wow, this is so modern. I know. But it was so funny. It's like, okay, yeah. you're beeping. Now go find a payphone. <laughs> yeah, it's just the millennials are definitely like the last generation of just living life, you know, simply and then being ushered into yeah. social media at an appropriate age, I would say. Like now Gen Z, like they start them off young. That's like, really on point. Nostalgia is a type of like mental health treatment. It's a way to treat mental health problems like nostalgia Hmm. within reason. I feel like revisiting, you know, a bright spot in your life, Mm. especially Mm -hmm. in difficult moments, like soothes the soul and can provide that comfort and solace you need. Oh, I like that. Yes, that is so spot on with creating the memories This goes back to what we've been saying this whole time. Create that place of happiness, that place of relief, you know, letting go of your burden, that joyful moment, the time spent with others, because those are the memories that you hold on to and you go back to. Not longing for them. You're not longing for that to happen again, but you express the gratitude that that did happen in your life. 
And if you're going through a difficult time, and we will constantly go through a struggle in our humanity, that you hold on to those and carry that joy in case the joy isn't in your current day. Exactly. It's just a matter of just looking back at a time where, you know, things were great, things were happy, and to appreciate a gratitude, uh, fostering appreciation and gratitude for the good times where you can look back and think, well, if things were good before, you know, things will get better. Things weren't always as bad as what they are right now in this like valiant life. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I love that. I love that. I think that is really going to reach a lot of people out there and give them pause to listen to that over and over again and just have it as a mantra. It's important to be conscious about the people who you surround yourself with that feed you, Mm -hmm. that fulfill that part in your soul that are, are assets to you. Yes, so that you don't put it on yourself that there's something wrong with you that you're not feeling fulfilled. Like, Mm -hmm. no, no, there's a community out there. Go find your tribe. Make the effort. Invest in yourself. Invest in your soulful fueling. Invest in your happiness to go find the people who get so excited that you're going to join them, that you're in relationship with them. Right. And the same thing with love. It's the right people that make your life worthwhile and that fulfill you and that recharge you. And it's Mm -hmm. a matter of just being patient with yourself and also having compassion on yourself. Because in the moments where I experienced loneliness, I used to tell my mom that I felt that was that there was something wrong with me, that I felt like there was something that I must be doing that must be so off-putting. But the thing with loneliness that it could also, and it usually is something with the opposing party. It's usually something that's something wrong with culture. Yeah. Yes. You're judging yourself harshly in a framework of culture that doesn't resonate with you. You're comparing yourself. You're defining yourself against a mirror that isn't yours. It's like those funny mirrors. Do you remember they had those at the carnivals? Oh my God, I remember. You know, the warped mirrors and you look at it and you go, what's wrong with me? Nothing is wrong with you. It's the mirror. The mirror is making you look that way. So don't go to that mirror. Go to the other mirror. You know, find the one that reflects your true self. Yeah, it's all just a matter of just patience and just embracing the journey, you know, really focusing on what this moment of solitude and loneliness can teach you. You know, what weak spots are on earth, what personal things, personal desires are on earth that you want to tackle. I think the most important thing I would advise somebody who's feeling loneliness is to just view it as something temporary. It's just a stage. You know, life constantly cycles through various stages and it's just a matter of practicing gratitude or just digging within and just really investing in yourself and forging your own way out that is the best way to combat and hopefully dispel all loneliness because you'll attract the right people. Mm, Beautiful. That's what I wish I would have heard in my moments of loneliness. 
And that's why we are putting this out there. And that is why I'm so grateful to each of our guests that comes and shares her story, shares her life experience, shares what she's doing, because someone out there needs to hear it. And we have the beauty of these free airwaves reaching around the globe. Anyone hearing this can feel like someone has just validated what I'm experiencing and is giving me hope. Again, Jordana, that human power that you have to really bring kindness back to the world. It's just uh, so strong. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. That's something that I definitely want to bring as sounder to my company, to my brand, because I definitely want to build as emotional of a brand as possible because humans are ultimately emotional humans connect with emotional brands. And so that's something that in doing competitive research and analyzing competitors, I feel that's something that's lacking. I love how the modern Latina brands that are up and coming now, you know, like La Nopalera and Shop Latinx, and like we all grow, they're so centered in building emotional brands that can be experienced by not only Latinos, but non-Latinos alike. That's how I intend on building Libra. And I'm just hugely grateful that you gave me this platform to talk about my founder story, talk about my philosophy about wellness, and just to share just like my human story. Because like I said, I'm the sum total of those bouts of loneliness, those mental health struggles. All of that was integral in forming me into who I am now. And I speak from experience, from a well of experience and empathy, because I myself in the flesh experienced it on my own. And managed it on your own and invested in yourself. And managed it on my own and looked and came the other side. Mm. You're going to make me cry. And with that, again, so much appreciation, so much gratitude for coming forward, teaching us about what you've been through, sharing it, and with that empathy and that love of humanity. And Libra, we really want to invest in Libra because of the mindset that is here to create a better life for humanity, to be kind and loving and compassionate to humanity and create that new world that's not focused just on money, but in in expressing the love for each other. Thank you so much, Consuelo, for all of this. Like This is so therapeutic and this opportunity is just another step in my founder journey that gives me that self-confidence in that I'm, I'm on the right path. You know, it resonates like one person, one human in this world of like 7 billion people found me randomly, resonated with my story and made time to open up for audience and help me share and help me share. And I'm so hugely grateful. And like, just thank you so much to have been given this opportunity just to talk to you and just to talk to your audience. You are so very, very welcome. They will love you. All the information on how to contact Jordana and learn more about the Libra Lifestyle brand 
will be in our show notes. And that's with every episode on the podcast platforms that you're listening on right now. The information will also be on our website at thelinks.com, in the transcript, in the episode that you can listen to there as well, and the article synopsis that we provide for our guests. Information about Libra will include the website, its Instagram profile, and Jordana's LinkedIn profile. So that's going to give you lots of opportunity to learn more about the brand and its founder, Jordana Roman. Kindly remember to support the families in Puerto Rico with your generous donations to the grassroots organizations that are listed in the show notes and on our website. This is the perfect episode to sit in empathy and consider our intimate connection with each other. Step into your truth, ladies. Ciao! Really appreciate the time you take to rate and review the podcast. Get the backstory and what you've heard here today and reach out to us at thelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. Because it's about time, it's about us. Stay in the groove on our social media at LifeLinks and get ready to make your move, ladies. Viva! Viva!